The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show Bruce Davis, who's written a very interesting book called The Love Letters, and I'll, I'll get him to explain about the book in a moment. But this is a really, really important show for me personally, because many of the things that Bruce uh, talks about in the book and also uh, which he demonstrates in the world are those elements of my life that I need to pay attention to and, and uh, spend some time. Uh, real good quality downtime doing nothing and just being calm and centered and in the heart and not allow the the mental chitter chatter to take over and, and most of us in the western world have some issues around that, that which bruce can help us with so bruce welcome to the show thank you peter it's good to be with you it's fun <laughs> it will be fun so just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the, the book the love letters and what it's about and how it came about well, uh, my wife and I recently spent 12 years living in Assisi, Italy, which is the home of St. Francis of Assisi. And we had only come back to California for a few months when suddenly there was a new pope and he called himself Francis. And so we began wondering, wow, you think this pope is really a brother of St. Francis and St. Clair? And so that just got our imaginations going wild. And we started to, I started to write these letters back and forth, these fictional letters between Francis and Claire. What would the church look like? I mean, what would, what would it be like if there really was a pope who was in the footsteps of St. Francis and St. Claire? Um, I mean, the possibilities are incredible. So that was the beginning of the book. So for our listeners who, who don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about who St. Francis and St. Claire were. Well, St. Francis was much more than a garden statue. He was very, (laughs) (laughs) he was probably the biggest saint, the biggest mystic in the West. And people of all religions from all parts of the world come to Assisi, Italy, to visit the monasteries and gardens and mountaintops, where he found incredible communion with nature, communion with his own heart. He found God in everyone and everything. I mean, he was a great saint, a great mystic. And it was really all about humility, service, love, joy, and was nothing about power and judgment and telling other people what to do and control. I mean, he was the living church. 
and he totally changed the church in the 8th century because the church in those days was all about politics and control and war and money and riches and being powerful and he changed the church he brought back the real church and so the question is today whether Pope Francis is really a brother of St. Francis can there be a living church which is really about humility caring for others understanding service and not about telling other people what to do and about being powerful and judging. And, and what about St. Clair? St. Clair was a special lady. She was the first woman to start an order. She started the first woman's order in the time of Francis. And she came from a wealthy family and she did not like the choices in front of her and she ran away and asked Francis, please, I want to be your sister. I want to follow you. I want a life of the heart, only the heart, only God, because nothing else is important. My heart is singing for simplicity and for truth and for joy. Please, Francis, can I be your sister? Wow. And so they had, a, they had a very profound relationship. They inspired each other. And did they actually send letters back and forth between them? No. <laughs> No, but they lived close to one another, and they would visit with each other, and, and they lived very deeply in the heart of each other. Claire did write letters, not to Francis so much, but to people in different parts of Europe who heard about her, and she wrote these beautiful letters. Francis did not write as much, but he did write the Canticle of Creatures. He wrote some special prayers, um, but they did not write each other so much, but they had a deep communion and a deep relationship inside with one another. And, and what about your, ex you, you lived in Assisi for 12 years, so let's tell our listeners a bit about Assisi itself today and the energy that it carries from St. Francis and St. Clair. Yeah, we still have a retreat center there, and the retreat center is that people come for total peace and quiet and to feel the peace of St. Francis. And Assisi is one of the only place in the world that all the different religions, you know, the, all the religious leaders from different places, they agree to come together many times in Assisi and sit and pray for peace. And Assisi is a city of peace. It's very special. I mean, it's part of Italy, but it's more than Italy. It's a little village on top of a small hill, and it's just simple peace. And uh, even the tourists, they can feel it. They get it. And people who come for retreat and the pilgrims, they just, they don't want to leave. They said, my God, uh, I just want to live in this simple peace. And when you go up, I remember, because I've been there once, and I remember going up from the, the main uh, plaza there up to the, the area where Francis did much of his meditation and, and peace, and you can really feel that energy there, can't you? Yeah, Mount Savazio. You go up on top of the mountain, and you don't want to leave. You just say, <laughs> I... You know, life is about this simple peace, and what's the hurry to go someplace else? So we take people up there for a few hours, and they want to stay for the day, and then they want to go back the next day. <laughs> and you mentioned, you mentioned you still have a retreat center there, but you also have one where you live now in California. So just tell our listeners a bit about that. Yeah, a few years ago, we have family and grandchildren in California, and it was time to come back. So uh, we started this center on a hilltop near Napa, California, where people come for a simple peace. They leave all their machines 
dollar gadgets, and they come for simple quiet. And the retreat center at CC still continues, and we're looking for new people who maybe want to run it because it's not simple for us to have two centers. We are just two people who are living a life of simplicity and silence, and we enjoy people coming to be with us now in Napa, California, and slowly we're going to sell our center in Assisi, uh, hoping for the right people to continue it. Wow, okay. So in terms of uh, the book itself, just, just uh, help our listeners understand a little bit about the intention behind it and, and what the the love letters between St. Francis and St. Clair involving uh, the Pope Francis today. Just give our listeners a little bit of a, an insight into the, the book itself, the messages that you're uh, sending through the letters. Yeah, well, there are many books about St. Francis telling the stories about St. Francis, but there's not many books telling about the heart of St. Francis, what was going on and also about Claire. There's many stories about Claire, but people, there's not much to read about what was the heart of Claire. So after living in Assisi for 12 years and bringing groups for 20 years before that to Assisi to feel the story, to feel the places like the mountaintop where you went to, when you spend time on that mountaintop, you can imagine what it was like for him. Now, there was a big silence. There was some fear and some anxiety. And then he found a big silence inside of himself. And then inside the silence, he began having communion with the animals and the trees and Sister Wind and the nature. So the love letters are talking about their inner life. And that's the real church. Each of us are in our inner life, you know. We all have fears. We all have joys. We all want to have communion. And so the love letters are back and forth between Francis and Claire saying what it's like to to be committed to the path of the heart. And then meanwhile, there is news of a new pope, and they're asking themselves, do you think this pope really believes in the heart, or is it really the same old story about politics and control and uh, a big bank and the poor people and the normal people really no one cares about. So all of this is woven into a fictional like novel of letters back and forth. And, and what is your own sense of, of uh, Francis the Pope and where he is and, and, and if he can actually live this life like St. Francis? Well, the book was written in the first few weeks when he came. Oh, okay. so in, those days, in those days, we had no idea. Now, a year later, I think he's a very special man, and I think he has an impossible job. He is surrounded by very conservative people who do not want to change, do not really know how to change, and if anybody has ever visited the Vatican, it is the exact opposite of Assisi. Assisi is a sweet little village on a mountaintop. The Vatican is a big marble structure of power and state, and this poor folk in his simplicity and in his, uh, you know, in his devotion and in his humility, he's doing the best he can, but it's an impossible story. So it's up to the people, it's up to everybody in the church and you and me and everybody else to respond, to embrace this path. So have you actually sent him a copy of the book so he can learn from it? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have not sent him a copy, but we hope somebody does. We hope there's somebody who has a connection to the church. To We sent the a book to one of the bishops who were close to the Pope, and we just got a formal letter back. Obviously, from the letter, he did not read the book. 
just thank you for thinking of us in the church, and we wish you well. Um, so we're hoping that somebody who is in the church or close to the church will pass the book on. I mean, we are just two people. We're just uh, me and my wife on a hilltop in Northern California doing what we can do, and we meet nice people like Peter who helps us spread the word. <laughs> I think when you say that, it's, it may sound simple, but you're actually making a much, much bigger contribution than you're admitting to at this point. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, it's very difficult to sell books these days. There are no bookstores. And unless you come from a big publisher, people don't hear about you. We are a small publisher, and so it's mainly just word of mouth and a few people like you that help you to spread the word, and uh, we see what happens. Yeah, and from my point of view, uh, in all the experience I have of doing this radio show for five years now and 250 uh, different shows, uh, I can tell you, Bruce, that the work that you are doing is profoundly important in bringing uh, this awareness to people to really take stock of their circumstances and to slow down in their lives and become heart-centered. You know, well, Peter, a lot of people these days, they think they have to go to India or become a, join another religion or learn about shamanism or do something that's outside of our normal lives to find simple peace. And what attracted us to St. Francis was that in our own culture, there are great saints that set examples for us. And the Pope, in his own way, he's doing his best. You know, when he washes the feet of Muslims and prisoners and women and older people, the other day he stopped his car and ran out of his car to kiss somebody who was crippled. You know, when he takes time for normal people, uh, that's telling all of us to take more time for ourselves, our neighbors, you know, to take time for the heart of And so there is a tradition in the West for us to follow, and this tradition is also listening to the silence of our hearts. Most people, we are so busy, there's so much noise outside and so much chatter inside that we don't hear ourselves. And it's important to take time to listen deeply within ourselves. So, Bruce, we're coming up to our first break, and I'm going to return with that uh, question when we come back uh, after the break. It's probably the most important one uh, of all at the moment, I believe. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Being Outside the Box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality? Winning the lottery, waiting for your prince, princess to come, even being healthy? 
Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply, and what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Waldrop for Tools to Being Outside the Box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, where you'll find all the information uh, from the radio shows. Everyone there is archived from uh, yet last week backwards and all the newsletters about all the different work that we've been doing. Uh, I did have a bit of a, a gap where I wasn't up to date, but I am now fully up to date with the website. And also, if you wish to join our meditations, which we record live on a Thursday morning at 11.30 Pacific, and we then make available an MP3 recording uh, for your listening meditation um, uh, immediately afterwards within 24 hours. So if you're interested in receiving those meditations, please go to the website and the events page where you can find all the information for those uh, meditations. Talking about meditation, we have with us today Bruce Davis. And Bruce, I'd love you to begin talking about how uh, we can begin to embrace the silence with this very busy and distractive life that we tend to live in the Western world. Well, you know, all of us, Peter, we like to be more compassionate, more generous, more giving, a little more saint-like, a little less selfish, but we don't know how to do it. And so as a psychologist, it was very interesting to me to study the lives of saints like St. Francis and St. Clair and see how did they become saints? What happened? Because both of them were very normal people. They grew up in middle class or a wealthy family and they found that it was not enough. There's something deeper inside of them that was hungry, that was searching. And then so they dropped out. They People say that St. Francis was the first hippie of his day, which was 800 <laughs> years ago. But what happened when he dropped out you know, he was like a troubadour. He was a teenager. He was a lover. And he just said no, like so many teenagers do. But instead of going to drugs and to other things that teenagers do or just eventually fitting in, he said, no, there's something more. And so he climbed the hill of Mount Sabah's hill that you talked about, and he spent time in nature. He took the step. So everybody wants to unplug, but are they willing to take? take the step to unplug. You know, they think about it, but they don't do it. So the first step is to take the step, and then just for a few days, to unplug from all of our gadgets. And then silence is not really about silence so much. It's about peace and quiet. And so St. Francis went up the hill, 
and started feeling the deep peace and the quiet that was around. And then he started feeling more at home in this peace and this quiet. And this feeling of home began growing more and more inside of him. And his heart became softer and more open. And his mind became less busy and less fearsome, less fearful. And so this quiet he found outside, he began finding this deep quiet inside. And it's very interesting that there's something similar with Claire. And then our the new Pope Francis as a Jesuit, you know, he just didn't become the saint-like. He was, as a Jesuit, they spend time in silence. That's part of their training, their formation. And so anyone who spends some time in silence and finds their own inner peace, things begin changing. And then in that place of quiet and silence, we find ourselves more generous and less worried. We find ourselves more patient, more flexible. We find ourselves more interested in all people, not just what that person can do for me. That all people are beautiful. And that's what happened to St. Francis. You know, in his day, they did not look at the lepers. They did not look at the poor people. And the famous story is one day he was climbing the hill, and instead of looking away, he looked at the leper and turned around and walked back and kissed him and realized that he was looking at life. It was beautiful. This was a human being. And so all these things are woven into this life that starts with listening to our own silence inside of having some peace and quiet. So when I do this, Bruce, because I, um, I, I'm in that place right now of, of, of doing that, so I, I've started my journey. And what I've now recognized is that when I attempt, even if I'm in a place where there's no interference from any outside influences apart from just myself, and I'm in this place in nature, in a beautiful place where I should be able to connect into this deep silence and this deep connection within, what I've found is that my mind is always planning, rehearsing some future event, which might even be leading a meditation. Um, but I, I realize that having been a teacher, uh, a, a rugby coach and school principal for 30 years of my life, my whole life was about planning future classes, planning training sessions, planning parent meetings. And so my mind immediately goes to that place of planning in the future. And, and and I've now become aware of that when I'm sitting in that quiet space that that happens. So I'm sure for many many people in the Western world something similar happens with their mind. So how do you how do you begin to train your way out of that of that thinking rather than resting in the heart? Yeah, well, the thinking all the time is a Western habit. It's a modern habit, and we just do it all the time, and we think it's normal. But it's not necessary to be thinking all the time. It's much nicer to have peace and quiet. And so we give a very specific meditation to do that. And that is to offer everything in our hearts, whatever is keeping us busy inside, school, work, health, partnership, whatever we're busy with, we offer that from our hearts. It's like offering the flowers of the heart. You just offer it. And the second part of the meditation is to go very deep in our hearts and receive our own gentleness, our own deep well of peace. And the mind that gets busy, it comes back. But you cannot be offering and thinking at the same time. So when the thinking comes back, we tell the people, just, it's okay. Just go back and continue offering everything that's in our heart, everything 
all of our worries, concerns, everything that's been keeping us busy, I just offer that offer it. And then I go back inside and breathe deep in my heart and receive as much peace and quiet as I can. And if the mind starts thinking again, again, you cannot be receiving and thinking at the same time. So when we practice this receiving deeply, again, the mind stops. And it's just a habit. People have a habit of thinking all the time because in our culture, we're always thinking and we're always busy doing. But in other cultures, we spend a lot of time in other parts of the world, in Bali and in India and in different places. People can just be. You don't need to be doing and thinking all the time. And this part of us of offering and receiving, it's a normal part of the culture. And so in our culture, we don't have this, so we have a habit of thinking all the time. And it's like having the radio on. It's really nice to turn the radio off and breathe and just receive and be deeply in the moment. And how do you see people transform when they come to your silent retreat centers, both in Assisi and California? We have people come who've never done a retreat, they've never meditated before, and they get there and they say, oh no, what am I doing, what did I sign up for? And it's just lots of nature and peace and quiet, and we tell them, you know, you come into retreat slowly and just feel the peace and quiet here. And also, we give people a lot of free time. We don't want to have a lot of program. You can take a nap. You can take a walk. You can read or keep a journal. And just slowly, slowly, people unwind, and they come into their hearts. And it's really coming to our real self. You know, we're not so hyper. And when we slow down and breathe, then we find the simple peace that is who we really are. And we have... Tech people, you know, on computers 14 hours a day, corporate executives, housewives who are desperate to get away from their kids for a few days, you know, all kinds of people. And our heart is not so far away. We just have to take the step of letting go for a couple of days and just receiving the peace and the quiet. And how do you see people change over that time? Uh, we just had a doctor write me the other day. He says, you know, Bruce, I work, in a, I work in a really traditional hospital, and my nurses are much more patient than I used to be. <laughs> and, one, and another one of my technicians says, what happened to you? You've been nice lately. I mean, is there something different? I mean, you're never this nice. And, uh, and he says, you know, maybe these retreats work, and I'm going to come back, back next time for more than three days. Uh, and people slowly change because what happens in normal life, we're all in stress. There's no room inside. And so one more demand, one more thing to do, and we're not really friendly. But when we meditate and we find our own inner quiet inside, there's a big room of inner peace. There's a big space in our hearts. And when we find this big inner space, we become more flexible, more patient, we find ourselves more generous, and then we find another part of us. So uh, one of the, I, I'm going to ask you to, to talk about some uh, quotes I'm going to throw back at you from the book because I just really enjoyed them. And in, in just a few words, uh, a great deal was said, but one of them was just, just enjoy Sunday life. What do you mean by that? Well, in America, we don't even have Sunday life. People work <laughs> seven days a week. That's right. I just spent a good part of the last 20 years living in Europe, 
and everything closes in many parts of Europe, but particularly Italy still, everything closes on Sunday. Sunday life is time for family, just being with friends. It's Sunday life. But if I use that word in America, people would not understand what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> Sunday is not so different than Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But the idea was that Sunday was a day of retreat. And it's in all religions to have a day of retreat. But uh, in America, most of us don't give ourselves that day, no less more, more than a day. I threw that at you, Bruce, because I interviewed Richard Rudder at the end of April. There's another wonderful uh, guy in this area. And on one of his gene keys, he talks about why can't we enjoy Sunday consciousness every day, <laughs> which is basically this. he's from England, so it's the same sort of concept. Exactly, and it's getting lost because we're busy seven days a week. Yeah. Bruce, we're going to take our next break now. It's uh, Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you looking to advance spiritually? Listen each week for Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom. Your host, Medium Maureen Allen, will cover an array of spiritual topics aimed to help you advance your soul's desired growth. Each week, areas of spirituality will be discussed and explored ranging from strange, paranormal experiences to heaven spirit guides and angels to learn more about the other dimensions and how to better assist your path of evolution tune into spiritual enlightenment advancing one's wisdom every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern on the voice america seventh wave channel do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life come and join our heart-centered community with peter tongue and sherry chase Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Do want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows. Sherry Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. 
and also the great people at Voice America who create the opportunity for me to bring such great guests to you, our listeners. Brandy Jackson, my executive producer, and Matt, who is our regular engineer for our noon on Wednesday show. And I just want to thank all of our listeners. I just had the statistics in for May, and we had 100,000 listeners uh, through the month of May. And I really want to thank all of the listeners uh, in deep appreciation for taking the time to listen to these shows and, and go on your own inner journeys. And I have with me today Bruce Davies, who is an expert on that inner journey. And Bruce, I just want you to continue um, because you talked uh, in the book about uh, St. Clair and in particular the role of women. And I'd love to hear your perspective on the significance of the role of women today in our world. Well, in my opinion, the way we reach, the way women are treated in each culture is a sign of how whole and true the culture is. And we are way behind. You know, women represent, they're generally more open to their hearts. They speak the truth through their hearts. And, um, Women should be totally equals. In fact, they should be our teachers these, these days because generally in the modern world, we are too mental and separate from our hearts. So we need the women to guide us back to our hearts so there's really a balance. And St. Clair, as I said before, she's one of the first women saints and she's the first woman who started a religious order in the West. So she was expressing the truth of her heart. She was very powerful and very, very deep, very beautiful. And so knowing what you know and, and, and worked with St. Francis and St. Clair and uh, created this beautiful book, and how, so how do you and your wife, Ruth, uh, live these values in your lives today? We have a good time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> relationships are to have a good time. I mean, all these people, they're fighting and they're having so much drama. There's enough fighting in the world. You know, our partner and our friends, we are to enjoy each other. I mean, life is to have a good time. I mean, my wife and I are very different. She fortunately can do many things. I can do very little. And uh, it's a great balance because without her, nothing really happens. And she speaks lots. She speaks lots of languages. She does the internet. She does very. She grew up as a dancer, so she does very beautiful um, meditative movement. So I lead meditation, and she leads meditative movement. Um, she's a mother and a grandmother, and she's really beautiful. You know, she has that energy of the mother. So she's a mother to many people, and and you know, very caring. And uh, you know, relationships, we complement each other. It's not to be the same. She's very different, and but our, we have different gifts, and that's great because then we give different things. And it's mostly we have fun together. We're together 24 hours a day for more than 20 years, and every once in a while she wants a break. And, uh, you know, we just it's fun. Life should be fun. It's too short for anything else. So, so why do so many people live in conflict and dysfunction in their relationships, in their partnerships? Because they have no inner silence. You know, people are living in the stress of their personality and to do and so much pressure and so many things to get done that they have no place inside. So they struggle with them themselves and they struggle with the people around them. They don't mean to struggle with their partners. It's just that they're uptight and they don't know what to do. I think it's really important that people learn how to meditate 
And meditate is not just watching our thoughts. Meditate is going into the deep silence of our heart. And then in the deep heart, there's a big space. And then our personality is seen for what it is. It's just a part of us. We're much more. But most people in the West, they have only their personality, only their, what we call our ego, and they're, they're not very flexible because there's no room. There's no thing to, there's nothing else they can do. And they suffer. And there's a certain uh, defensiveness, isn't there, that we tend to have in the Western world, a feeling a need to justify ourselves. And, and, and the whole question of, of judgment and self-doubt comes into play. Yeah, we want to be right. But that's really we're protecting our small, little, fragile personality. But when we meditate, when we nurture ourselves in nature, when we find time in silence, when we spend time with our children, when we find our bigger self, then we're not so defensive and it's not so important that we're right. Everybody is right and everybody is wrong. We're all doing the best we can, you know? And no group has all the answers. And was totally wrong. Everybody is just sort of doing what they can do. And uh, when we nurture our hearts, when we come from another place inside, we begin seeing each other more as us and we and not I and me. There's so much I and me that it doesn't work. The world is too small for this. So one of the lines in, in the book, in, in the letters, is uh, throw everything into the river until there is only light immense light flowing fast and free. Just talk about that line a little bit. Yeah, that's an idea about meditation, to throw all of our thoughts into the river. You know, everything keeps us busy. You keep throwing it into the river. It's the offering I was talking about. You just offer it all into the Mother River, into the river of life. And then you go in your heart, and you see a brilliant light, a very, very bright light. And this is our own light. This is the light of God inside of us. And anyone who does this meditation will find this light because it's true. You, will, you may not see it, but you will feel it. You will sense it. And everybody finds this because it's who we are. So one of the, uh, the lines that I'd love you to talk about in the book is St. Clair writing to St. Francis and inviting him to come down off the mountain. What, what does that mean? Well, I was speaking literally about the mountain, you know, Mount Sabazio and Assisi, and also St. Francis spent a lot of time on different mountain tops where he was just in nature, having fun, you know, talking to the birds, listening to Sister Wind, Brother Sun, and Sister Moon, you know, and she said, okay, Francis, come on. Come down from the mountain. We need you. We need to hear your words. We need to feel your heart. When the normal priests and ministers talk, it's just words. But Francis, when you talk, we can feel it. Our hearts are touched. We need to be touched. Come down off the mountain. So I was really talking literally. That Francis, you know, there's a famous story. Why don't you say, can I just stay up on the mountain and enjoy God? Or should I come down to the villages? And he sent a letter to Francis and two of his brothers asking, what do you think I should do? And they all responded the same. Please, Francis, come off the mountain. We need you. Come share with us your truth because it's the same truth in all of us. So I'm just, I'm just throwing these, these quotes at you because I love them. And, and it's just lovely to hear you expand a little bit on them. So another one of my favorite ones in one of the letters 
was we talked all day without a word spoken. Yeah, we do that with our friends or with our partners all the time. You know, we just are with each other all day. Maybe we take a walk or we just sit and listen to the, you know, the birds. My wife and I, we, we spend a lot of time in silence. And uh, after all these years, there's nothing too much new to say anyway. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we can spend the day without and talking a lot without a word spoken. The words are not so important. What is important in relationships is to receive each other. We need to receive our children, to really feel them, receive them. We need to receive our partners, our friends. And that's why most relationships are not working. We talk a lot. We do everything together, but we're not connecting. And the reason why we're not connecting is that we don't receive each other deeply to feel the presence of this person in my life. You know, and every person in our life touches us different. Our children, our partner, our friends, they each have a very unique presence. They touch us very specially, very differently. And so relationships work the more we, we receive and the less we talk and do. <laughs> we don't need to do everything. It's not so important. But we need to receive each other. And one of the things I've noticed since I've been uh, looking to do that more and more is people tend to want to fill the space of silence with words, don't they? Yeah, they want to keep busy. We're afraid of letting the mind get quiet because then all this chatter and there's some anxious there. And I say don't fill the silence with words. Don't turn on a machine. Practice receiving the peace and quiet. Receive the nature, the beauty of the nature. Practice receiving. And that calms the fear. Yeah, because there is, there is an anxiety, isn't there, that gets created because we're not used to that silence, as if in that silence there's something wrong and that, that no one needs to say anything. And it's actually beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, but people, it's okay. It's normal. People feel naked. They feel vulnerable. They feel open. And that's all normal. But it's good to feel these feelings and the silence, the peace and quiet. It becomes our clothing. It becomes part of us. And we're not so naked. We're not so vulnerable. We feel the nature around us, that we're part of it, and we're all just part of the nature. We're all just people. And, and how, when you are out in nature, how, how do you personally connect with the nature kingdom, with the trees, the plants, the birds, whatever creatures show up? What, 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 what's your connection with them? What do you actually feel, sense? Well, I do my morning walk. I mean, the sun rises at 5 o'clock now, so I'm up at 5 and I do my morning walk, and it's the coolest time of the day. And I just enjoy the trees every day. I see deer and rabbits and hawks and all kinds of other birds. And I just enjoy my morning walk. Uh, that's all I need. And that gets me through the rest of the day. And do you get uh, signs and symbols and, and insights from the nature kingdom? I do, but you know, people are always looking for a sign. There's, there's no sign necessary. I just want to do that. I just want to enjoy it. You know, people are always looking for guidance or they want a sign. I make them a sign and say, this is a sign. You know, uh, we don't need signs. We don't need guidance. We can just be. We can enjoy. Uh, I feel much better after my morning walk. And on the days that I don't do it, I don't feel as well. And the same after my morning meditation. I feel much better every day taking the time to meditate. I just need to open up to that bigger place inside. 
And if I don't do that, I don't feel as good. I don't need signs. I don't need messages. I just need to do it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. We're coming up to our final break, which we'll take now. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. I have a wonderful guest with me today, Bruce Davis, who sees life in a beautifully simple and heart-centered way. And I'm so happy to have had him on the show today to, to talk in this uh, beautiful, gentle, soothing way. So, Bruce, just to let our listeners know how they can make contact with you, your silent retreats, the, uh, the book, and your books, just uh, let us inform us. Well, people can find us, and we enjoy it when people write us, at silentstay.com, S-I-L-E-N-T, stay, S-T-A-Y.com. And uh, both of our centers, the one in Italy and the one in California, you can find through that one website. All of our books are on that website. So that's the easiest thing. It's just silentstay.com, and we enjoy hearing from people. And on, on your website, you've got some beautiful uh, images of the retreat center in, in California, which I really enjoyed looking through. Yeah, we're on a mountaintop in California. We're looking at this big valley towards Sacramento and the Sierra Mountains. And, it's, and we're surrounded by hundreds of acres of nature. So people just come and have a few days of peace and quiet in nature without all the machines. 
and it's people you people deserve to have a little peace and quiet and that's like food for the heart it's food for the soul and it feels like there's no pressure at all no we have very little program we give people a lot of free time because we feel people deserve to have some free time and uh, just to nurture themselves in peace and quiet and people come for just three days and some people come for up to a month or two months so everybody finds their own relationship with us and I do have to say that, that in the book, The Love Letters, there are some beautiful messages for all of us in slowing down and, and reaching this place of the heart inside and the benefits from doing so very cleverly put through these, these letters between St. Francis and St. Clair, including the, the, the Pope of today, Francis. What sort of chance do you think he's got of changing things, Bruce? Well, imagine if the Pope and the Church started teaching people the prayer of St. Francis, Lord, make me an instrument. Imagine everyone going home after Sunday service and went home and said, Lord, make me an instrument. Let me bring more love to the part of the family that needs love. Let me bring more joy to work where there's too little joy. Let me bring some support to a neighbor who really needs some support. I mean, if the church takes home the prayer of St. Francis, and this is really more than not just the Catholic Church. It's about all the religions, because the Pope is in the news for everybody. If the Pope really spreads the prayer of St. Francis around, and we start practicing it, that's another world. It's not about me uh, helping us and we. It's not about judging. It's about supporting and taking care of each other. I mean, the possibilities are unlimited. It's very beautiful. And do you think that's going to happen? I think it's already happening. I think through his humility and caring, he's already setting an example. And I don't think one person can do it. I think it's, it's you and me, and there's many beautiful people, many teachers. There's the Dalai Lama. There's many great spiritual teachers in dirt parts of the world who are walking in the same footsteps. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so one of the um, pieces you wrote recently in the Uppington Post, uh, Bruce, uh, really touched my heart, and it was actually about heart intelligence. So just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, it's time, it's day and age that we know that people are not happy, that people are depressed, that people are addicted to all, all kinds of things. And even though we have all this education, we're not teaching heart intelligence. And heart intelligence is the secrets to happiness. And part of the secrets to happiness is teaching uh, self-acceptance and acceptance of others, teaching generosity, compassion. You could have the kids do random acts of kindness. Go home and your homework is to do a random act of kindness and let me know what happens. We could have the kids learn all these heart exercises, you know, about understanding and surrender and honesty and play and joy. We don't teach qualities of the heart. And I call this heart intelligence. And it's time for education to include the heart because knowing everything is not going to solve the problems of the world. And the latest computer program is not going to make people happy. People are happy when they have contact with their hearts. And it's really time to have heart intelligence in all the schools. And I noticed that in that article you suggested that, in fact, some of the corporate leaders in the world are tuning into this. Yeah, there's one corporation, I don't want to use the name, but they were bought out by another corporation, 
And when they were bought out, it was under the guarantee that you will not change our culture because the smaller company had a culture of happiness. And they were very successful with this culture of happiness. The clients are to be happy. The employees are happy. Everybody is to live in this culture of happiness. And it's a very successful small company, and that's why they were bought out. And so corporations are getting the idea. They're getting the message. And big computer companies are now teaching meditation. You know, the corporate world is slowly changing. I don't know if the educational world is changing. You know more than I do. I hope so. I don't know. Well, the education, sadly, uh, the educational world is, is one of the slowest, a bit like the church, actually, is one of the slowest things to change, extremely conservative in the way they operate. And, and this body of knowledge that all kids are supposed to have, which, as you say, excludes heart intelligence. <laughs> which is the most important thing. Which is I mean, the most we're not happy. What is all this other things about if we don't know how to be happy? And we now know how to teach people how to be happy. That is to listen to your heart, to practice your joy, to, to, uh, have, to enjoy your self-worth and have, find self-worth in others, how to receive them. I mean, there's so many qualities we can teach about how to be happy, and we're not teaching it. It's, it's crazy. So, Bruce, we're coming up to the, the last uh, two minutes on the show, and I, and I would love for you just to summarize, to finish uh, the show uh, with your final thoughts about life today and how we're living our lives and just a reminder of, of this going into this still place in the heart. Yeah, I think we our world is much too mental and much too busy and we all need to take time out and listen to the peace and quiet around us and inside of us. We need to make a retreat and then in that retreat we need to receive deeply the heart inside our heart. Each of us have a true heart, deep in our heart, and that's our calling, is to receive this heart. And then life is very beautiful. I mean, life is fun, and we should all be having much more fun. Bruce, you have a definite convert here. I'm with you all the way. Well, I hope you can visit us at Silent Stay. Well, I must say I'm very, very tempted. I think I might well be down there at some point in the not-too-distant future. So thank you so much for your time today, Bruce. I really appreciated you. I really loved the book and so many beautiful little subtle yet important messages for us to, to follow and, and live uh, in our lives, as you say. So thank you so much for, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Peter. It was fun www.silencestay.com is Bruce's website where you can connect into the retreat centers and also uh, his books. The latest book, The Love Letters, about St. Francis St. Clair and the connection to somehow influencing the current Pope Francis in the Vatican. My guest next week is Neil Donald Walsh of Conversations with God fame. And Neil will be talking about his work and his latest uh, title which is a different snowball a new approach to life renewal with that snowball running down the hill which can either be running out of control in your life and you can be jumping on board and having a great time in the snow whichever way you want to look at it so i hope you'll join me next week i hope you've enjoyed today's show have a wonderful week it's peter tung for awakening to conscious co-creation that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.